From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got ourselves just a whole bunch of college basketball on tap for the next two hours as we've got a couple games that are still in progress. One that wound up just wrapping up. And we've got to hit on all these conference tournaments that we've got semifinals and finals. They're going to be going on all throughout Saturday. So we've got you guys picks analysis, how to be able to break these games all down. So we've got a lot that is in store for these next two hours as you've got one game that is currently live that is out here in lovely Las Vegas between San Diego State and Colorado State. Things are getting tight. Five minutes remaining. San Diego State gets the bucket. 52 to 44 is currently the count in this game. San Diego State wound up being actually the opening underdog in this game. They wind up closing anywhere between a two and two and a half point favorite. Total winds up going up to about a 125 and a half. So you're going to be sweating this out either way. If you're on the under, you're hoping, praying for no late game felling. You're hoping for a brickathon. Meanwhile, if you're on the over in this game, you're hoping, praying that this differential stays right around 6-8. So that way, get a lot of late game fouls in the final minute or so of this game. So we've got some good intrigue there. And then when it comes to what we wound up getting in the game, that wound up just going final. Abilene Christian, they best Seattle U by a count of 78-76. to 76. It's a game that opened up to a lot of places. Flows more around a 2.5. So... That was very intriguing, and the total, it went way over, as you wind up seeing a lot of late-game felling, and you saw a lot of just late-game shot-making in general. I'll be hitting upon my handicap of Abilene Christian versus Seattle in the second segment of this hour, so and it'll be coming up in right around 10, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, give or take or so minutes, but... With that said, I always do a pick every day for DK Nation. Wanted to pinning on the first Ivy League game that we've got for Saturday in the first hour. And if you miss anything, vcin.com is where you've got it. We've got the Best Bets podcast, and you're able to find the Best Bets podcast that we wind up doing wherever you find your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. We've got a great team that winds up posting up every single one of the hours over our man, he is the man that is responsible for that. We've got Brian Ortega, who does a great job as a producer of this show. we got Nick, who's the technical director. Brad gets me set up on audio. It is exactly why you are hearing and seeing this show right now. I personally can say I work with the best in the business. These guys are absolutely amazing. So all the credit to them for being able to give you guys so much great content. But with that said, how about if we wind up going 603-604 here? You've got Penn versus Yale. 
Yales find themselves in a lot of places right around a three and a half point favorite. And your total on this game winds up opening up at a 147 half. Currently at DraftKings, you're finding it out of 145 and a half. Most places are at 145 and a half. Circa where I'm at right now is at a 146 and a half. And I wound up for one, wind up going with this game for the DK Nation pick because you had three matchups that were known until like the afternoon hours because you have to submit these a little bit in advance. I have to be on air and everything like that. So you wound up having to write this up a little bit further in advance. So I want to pick something that I liked from the earlier slate. So we wound up going with this game. And what I like here is the over because you've got a Penn team that is playing the Olay style of defense. They rank in the bottom 75 with regards points a lot under per possession basis out of 358 D1 teams. They're clocking in right around 305th. That is not terrific. Yale's actually been a right around 110th with regards points a lot under per possession basis, but they've done a good job of being a bump up their tempo as well. This is a Yale team that they're certainly not looking to play slow to say the least. With regards to total possessions per game, you're going to be finding Yale being one of your more up-tempo teams at all of college basketball at 64th, and it's a team that has really been able to do a solid job just all throughout Ivy League play of being able to get to 70 on every given night. And for that matter, last time these two teams wound up playing, you wound up seeing it being more of an 84 to 73 style game. You got a Penn team that has a guy by the name of Jordan Dingle. He's in the top 15 in all of college basketball with regards to points per game. He's able to give you right around 20 and a half per contest and scored 30 plus in three out of the last four games. Now with both of these teams, you need a little bit more rebounding. There's not a single guy on either side in this game that give you more than five rebounds per game. So that means that it's going to be a big giant fight for the ball. That means that you're going to have a lot of scrambles, probably going to have a lot of second chances, and you're going to have a lot of clean possessions as well as Yale's not a team that necessarily picks pockets. Penn is certainly not either. Both of these teams generate fewer than six steals per contest. Penn is a team that they rank right around 325th in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers forced on a per possession basis. Both of these teams rank outside of the top 235 with regards to opponents' two-point shooting percentage as well. So both of these teams are not doing a great job on the interior. When it comes to this Yale team, you do have a guy that I like in his ear, Swain. He's able to give you 17 points, right around four rebounds per game. You've got EJ Jarvis, who's out back at the fold. He's really the top rebounder with 4.7 rebounds per game, wound up missing quite a bit of the season. But I do think the Penn is going to be able to do enough to be able to get the job done for this total. I did wind up saying them as a four-and-a-half-point underdog. I do think that Yale is finding themselves just a little bit tight on this line. I am not sure why, because it is a Yale team that they were relatively awful out of conference. We're just going to call it what it is in conference. They've been able to do a significantly better job. And for that matter, Penn has been able to improve a little bit during the season as well. But I think that with really a lack of a post presence, you wind up defaulting to the guards. I think that with Yale, you've got better guards in this game. You do have a guy in Jalen Gibbon who has been able to give you right around 12 points per contest. I think that he's going to do a solid job of being able to be that number two to Swain that you really wind up needing. And with regards to Penn, you really don't have as many of those number two options. So it is a spot in which for the DK Nation pick, I wound up going with the over. I set it at a 152 and a half. Got a pair of teams, by the way, that should relatively solidly at the free throw line as well. So you're able to feel solid about that. And with regards to the spread, I did wind up making my spread. Yale being a four and a half point favorite. A little bit of an update here with San Diego State versus Colorado State. You're now finding this with 258 remaining. Colorado State trails by a count of 52 to 45. Colorado State has the second of two free throws upcoming. So we are keeping note of this as it's David Roddy who's able to get Rowdy. Who's going to the free throw line right now. And he winds up bricking the second one. So that's going to be a rebound for San Diego State. And 
I think that's going to be really intriguing what you wind up getting here because if it is San Diego State that winds up being able to get the job done against Boise State, I'd be inclined to set them probably more around a four to four and a half point favorite. I think that San Diego State is the better team in this spot. They're going to probably be having a very sub 120 total if it winds up being San Diego State. Colorado State would be a little bit of a different story. Colorado State, I'd be probably setting as more around a one, one and a half point favorite. They were able to get them last time they wound up playing in Boise, Idaho. That was actually a game that wound up having multiple overtimes. That was on Super Bowl Sunday and I was hoping that it would just run into the Super Bowl just so that way it would be very, very hilarious as Colorado State has been able to claw their way back in. 52-47. You've got 212 remaining, so hold on to your butts on this one. We're going to keep you guys updated there, but also going to keep you guys updated with what we're going to be getting in the Atlantic 10 as well. I think that you've got some very good matchups out there for the semifinal. How about if we go 6 of 5, 6 of 6 on this one? The Billikens of St. Louis are going to be taking on Davidson. Davidson is a 3 to 3.5 point favorite in your total house game. And between 136.5 and 137.5 and it's very simple. Wind up setting my line three. Anything north of three, going to be a take on St. Louis at three exactly or less. I'm taking a look at Davidson. Right now, I'm seeing a lot of three and a halfs out there. So that means that we're going to be siding with the Billikens. Now for Davidson, they wind up getting some very good signs in the game that we wind up seeing on Friday. And that Foster Lawyer, now back at the fold for the team. He's been the team's top scorer all year long. 15 and a half points per contest comes in from Michigan State has been the lifeblood of a team that has been one of the best offensive teams in all of college basketball in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. This is a Davidson team that they are 10th. They actually, when it comes to road and neutral court games, are number six with regards to points scored on a per possession basis. You may recall earlier in the season, they wound up going to the state of Alabama and they were able to take down the Crimson Tide. And a big reason why they've been able to do such a good job with this is for one, they only turned the ball over 10 and a half times per contest. That ranks in the top 25 in all of college basketball. And then on top of that, you just have such just solid three-point shooting all across the board for Davidson. It's not just Foster Lawyer, but Hun Jun Lee, a guy that stands right around six foot seven, 16 points, five boards per contest. Davidson in road and neutral court games, they are one of just four teams that shoot over 40% from three-point range. The other three, that would be Jacksonville State, South Dakota State, and Santa Clara. So it's very impressive what we've been able to see of this Wildcats team. And Luka Bradovic, he is a gentleman that winds up coming in from the country of Austria. He is a six foot ten gentleman that winds up giving you right around seven and a half boards. He's able to chip in there 14 points per game. He's been able to do a very solid job for this team as well. But you take a look at the flip side for St. Louis. I think the big key error is that Yuri Collins is not going to be under as much stress as he typically is. Yuri Collins is one of the highest usage guys in all of college basketball. Point guard that gives you right around 11 points. Shoots in the high 30s from three-point range, but he has turned the ball over four times for contest. One of the highest turnover rates you're going to find in all of college basketball. Davidson is not a team that does a very good job whatsoever of being able to generate turnover. So that is going to be able to keep him very live in this game. Davidson outside of the top 200 with regards to turnovers force on a per possession basis. This is a St. Louis team that I think that they'll be able to do a solid job down low as well. Francis Okoro is something that I do like. He's able to give you right around six rebounds per game. Terrence Hargrave has been able to do a solid job shooting in the mid thirties from three point range. So got a lot of good contributors for the St. Louis team. Davidson, they're a little bit more of a top heavy team now. These guys that are at the top, they are very, very good. And even when they were without Foster Lawyer, they didn't wind up necessarily experiencing too much of a drop-off. But with that said, this is a spot in which, once again, three or less, it's going to be a take on Davidson. Three and a half or more, it's going to be a take on St. Louis. And I do think that this total is set a little bit too high. 
Got a Davidson team that they are just not playing with too much tempo whatsoever. And it's a St. Louis team that we've been noticing that they've been throttling down a little bit more. St. Louis overall for the year with regards to total possessions per game. They're a team that they rank right around 92nd. But at the same time, if you take a look at their last three games, they've been playing at right around three and a half possessions fewer per game rather than the rest of the season. And this is a Davidson team that, while they're very efficient on offense, in terms of the 358 D1 teams, 328th with regards to possessions per game. You've got a pair of slow teams that are currently going at it out there in the Mountain West semifinal in San Diego State versus Colorado State. This is currently a game that is 55 to 49. You've got yourself a buck 23 remaining. So we're going to be keeping you guys abreast of this, trying to see if we can get a final and a little bit of a handicap on the winner versus Boise State. And we're also going to be hitting out more games for Saturday next. And you're on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Banking Network. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you are looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports from a local perspective. You've got city casts for Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia. That's where we wound up going to for our good friend Ryan Rossi, who wound up joining the first hour of the show. He does a terrific job with that one. Pittsburgh, and now you've got Washington, D.C. in the mix as well. Subscribe to your local CityCast, wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. The list goes on and on as it is a great Peter set experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Out here in lovely Las Vegas, the cheese is ever so binding in this one as you've got David Roddy heading to the free throw line for Colorado State. 57 to 53, 101 remaining. This game is an almighty sweat as the ball wound up hitting the top of the backboard and very nearly went. Colorado State gets the rebound. 
They're going in for the dish, and David Roddy with a slam dunk. It is 57 to 55. The people behind me at the Circus Sportsbook are going absolutely crazy as we have got ourselves a big, giant sweat on our hands. And when it comes to this one, I think it's very clear that whichever of these two teams winds up being able to win this game, I mean, they both should be in the NCAA tournament, but I mean, you just take a look at the level of play out there in the Mountain West. It is absolutely magnificent. I would argue that the Mountain West has been better than some of these power conferences this year. I'm looking at you, ACC, and having your number two team, Notre Dame, most likely be unable to make the NCAA tournament as San Diego State goes down. They wind up getting a bucket. Now it's Colorado State with a three. Miss 21.7 seconds remaining. San Diego State heading to the free throw line. Boy, oh boy, hold on to your butts there. And if you want to take a look at the other final that we wound up having out here in Las Vegas, one that wound up just ha wound up happening, Evelyn Christian was able to get the job done against Seattle. They wind up pushing on some numbers. They wind up not covering on others. It was anywhere between a two and two and a half point line. They wind up being able to get the job done by exactly two. And that winds up setting up Evelyn Christian versus New Mexico State for the WAC title. We're going to get to that in a minute as San Diego State winds up canning the first free throw. 21.7 seconds left. There is a lot that is going down here. You got to figure that Colorado State probably going to be taking a timeout when they do wind up getting the ball back in. For San Diego State, a missed second free throw. So, golden opportunity if you want to take it the points with Colorado State. The three, it is good. Bango, 60 to 58. You've got yourself 16.4 seconds remaining. Isaiah Stevens, one of the best point guards in all of college basketball, cans it. And this is a Colorado State team that they don't necessarily do a tremendous job of being able to force turnovers. It's a San Diego State team, though, that sometimes they wind up getting a little bit loose with the ball. This is about as much of a sweat as you're going to get. Colorado State, you got to figure that they're going to try to give you maybe one look at being able to get a steal before you wind up following. You've got about 16.4 seconds left here, so... It's not a situation which they need to foul right away. And it's the San Diego State team that they're relatively shaky at the free throw line. This is not a team in which they are necessarily nails here. So this is going to be very intriguing to see how Colorado State is going to be able to pull this one or is going to try to play this one out because you do have yourself a coach that I really like in Nico Medved. He's been doing an absolutely amazing job with this Colorado State team. Has been able to get his team into the top 25. And take a look at what you've gotten for the game thus far. Right now, you've got Colorado State who's went 8 of 16 at the free throw line. So if they wind up losing this game, we know exactly what to blame for that. But you take a look at this Colorado State team. They've been able to force San Diego State into 13 turnovers. Big thing for San Diego State is that they've been able to win the battle on the glass by a count of 27 to 23. But now you've got Nathan Menza who wound up felling out as well. So if you're looking at this game, boy, oh boy. Yeah, it is really up against it. And Matt Bradley, by the way, top scorer for San Diego State. I would argue one of the most meaningful players, especially on offense, to their respective teams, only five points in this game. So it's going to be really intriguing. Colorado State, they're going to go for the press. They were unable to get it. And now they are continuing to let time wind down. And did they wind up getting a jump ball? No, they wound up getting a timeout here from San Diego State. So... You've got yourself 10 seconds remaining. It looked like it was going to be a jump ball, but it was not. As right now, San Diego State, they shoot for the year. 69.7% from the free throw line. You've got one guy on the team that outside of Matt Bradley shoots above 73% at the free throw line. Chad Baker Mazzara. So 
that's probably the guy that if you're a San Diego State backer, like I am, that you want getting the ball right here, right now. So this is one that, which is going to be coming down to the bitter end. In the meantime, while they're in a timeout, let's take a look at Abilene Christian versus New Mexico State. You're going to be finding a couple openers actually coming out for this game. Circa, they've been doing a very solid job of being able to put out some openers right when these games wind up going final. So I do commend them for that. Right now, Abilene Christian, they wind up opening up a one-point favorite here at Circa, and your total is 139.5. If you look elsewhere around town at the Superbook, they've got New Mexico State as a two-and-a-half-point favorite and your total of 140.5. So shop for these lines because right now you've got a three-and-a-half-point differential here in Las Vegas, depending upon who you like. Total anywhere between 139.5 and 140.5, you're not finding as much of a differential there, but... When it comes to these openers, when it comes to these conference tournament games, you're really able to take a look at these. You want to be taking a look at these openers. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, many books are going to be posting these up right around 8 a.m. Eastern time, give or take a little bit, maybe a little bit closer to 7, because you're probably not going to be getting a lot of these overnight. So you want to be taking a look at these. You've been noticing it all week long. A lot of these games, they wind up having two to three point line move. That could be the difference between getting a push slash a win on UAB or taking one of the worst losses that you're ever going to find. So, and then, and then there's just sometimes where you wind up taking the under and it has no shot because it winds up going to three overtimes because of a terrible block charge call with the guy that's inside the circle. Oh, am I speaking from personal experience? I'm sorry if I did. And if you wind up having the over, good on you. We always love to see people wind up getting to the window, but you always lament those bad beats. I'm sure that there were a few of you guys that were feeling me right there. So there is always that aspect of it. But when it comes to this Abilene Christian versus New Mexico State game, this is one in which I did wind up making New Mexico State the four-point favorite. So I do think that New Mexico State should be able to get the job done in this spot. We've got a guy by the name of Teddy Allen. He was the top scorer in Nebraska last year. He's come in and he has a skip to be with New Mexico State, a guy that has been able to give you 19.5 points, 7.5 rebounds per game, and then the ancillary pieces are able to do a solid job with this team as well. You're able to have Sir Jabari Rice give you right around 12 points per contest. And then Rivaling Christian, this is a team that they do a great job of being able to force pressure. They are a team that they rank it once again in the top 15 in all of college basketball with regards to steals on a per-possession basis. Then they don't turn the ball over a ton either. 12.5 turnovers per game is not bad considering their tempo. This is a team that they rank in the top 50 with regards to total possessions per game. It's a New Mexico State team that they've been able to do a relatively solid job all season long of being able to not necessarily get out of sorts. They're more around 195th with regards to total possessions per game. It's a New Mexico State team that has been able to do a relatively solid job on defense. It's not like they're barreling down the hatches or anything like that, but take a look at them in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and it's a New Mexico State team that you've got them clocking in right around 50th, so they've been able to do a good job there. Really, both of these teams do a good job on defense. As Abilene Christian, they find themselves more in the top 40 with that regard, so I do think that that is going to be something to take a look at, but I just think that you've got more pieces that wind up playing a more meaningful role for this Mexico State team. We've been noticing a little bit more out of Mike Peak. He winds up coming in from Austin P, the good old governators. He's a guy that stands right around six foot eight. He's able to can a couple threes with regards to this Abilene Christian team. They actually as a collective because they wind up playing a nine-man rotation. They only have one guy that gives you more than 4.2 rebounds per game. They don't have a single guy that gives you more than 12.5 points per contest. They just as a collective shoot a while at the free throw line. 75% Damian Daniels, a couple with Reggie Miller. No, not that Reggie Miller, a different Reggie Miller. Do combine to be able to give you right around five and a half assists per contest, but when it comes to what you're able to get on this Mexico State team, having Donnie Tillman healthy, I do think is going to be able to give the team a little bit of something, but 
The fun relatively pedestrian. Wound up transferring in from Utah along with UNLV. A guy that has size that's able to pop threes, but has only been able to give you right around six points per contest. Uot Alok has been able to do a solid job as well. He's a guy that's six foot nine. He's able to pop threes. I think that Evelyn Christian going to have a tough time dealing with all that size. Now, New Mexico State is a team that they get loose with the ball. Right around 14 turnovers for contest. That is something that you do want to note, but this is fun in which I do wind up saying this line at four with New Mexico State laying it. Got an Abilene Christian team that they have really been putting up a whole bunch of points. So I did wind up saying my total at a 143 as you wound up just seeing it on full display here tonight. You wound up seeing that game with Abilene Christian along with Seattle. Both teams were able to get to 75 in that contest. And you take a look at the first game as well with New Mexico State. They were able to get the job done. They were able to survive in advance in that game. And they wound up playing a relatively harebrained game as well against a Grand Canyon team that they rank in the top 20 with regards to total points allowed on a per possession basis. So I do think that that is something that you want to be taking a look at. You've got certain venues that they are conducive to scoring. And you've got certain venues in which... Well, there's not a lot of scoring out there at the Orleans. It seems like the points have been a plenty. So that's something that you do want to be taking a look at with regards to some of your handicaps as well. Like we've been seeing a lot of these games out there in the garden. A lot of teams have wound up going cold. And Colorado State, they're hoping that they don't go cold. 61-58 closing seconds of this game. Colorado State needs a three to be able to give themselves a shot. They do not wind up getting it. San Diego State heading to the free throw line with 3.9 seconds remaining. So I'll be able to dust this one up when we wind up coming back from break. And when we wind up coming back from break, I'll be able to give you a handicap on what is most likely going to be San Diego State and Boise State right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's so finger looking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today as it is a Greg Peterson experience with myself, Greg Peterson. Not sure if the KFC is going to be open when I wind up getting off there. If it is, they've got my business. If not, well, we're going to be probably cooking up some steamed vegetables at home, having a very boring night with regards to the diet while I wind up just trying to evaluate these games, moving forward, take a look at these teams when it comes to the NCAA tournament. So we've got that going on as it is a Greg Peterson, as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, and it is the final. San Diego State, they get the job done, and they wind up being able to get the cover as well as San Diego State. They advance to the final against Boise State. Final in this one winds up being just enough for you to be able to get your under 63 to 58. So stays below the closing total between 124 and a half and 125 and a half. And San Diego State closing between a two and two and a half point favorite. A little bit of a sweat there at the end, but they do wind up getting the job done. And that sets out the Mountain West final. As you've got 625, 626 on the bang board. Boise State and San Diego State are going to be doing battle. As of right now, I'm not seeing any books have an opening number on this game. If you're out there on the East Coast, you're most likely going to be getting these, like I mentioned uh, about a segment or two ago, right around, I would say, 7 a.m. Eastern, maybe a little bit closer to 8, but you're going to be getting those early in the a.m. But with regards to how I'm handicapping this game, setting San Diego State as a three-point favorite. I like what I'm seeing out of the Aztecs. This is a squad that has just been so stifling on defense. Number one in the country 
with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. And they're going up against a Boise State team that, I mean, they themselves are very much a defense-oriented team. You saw the last time you wound up having San Diego State go up against another team that's very defense-oriented. That would be Fresno State. That was a game in which neither team was able to get past 55 points. Now, I think that you're going to be able to get a little bit more here. Boise State, with regards to points allowed on a per-possession basis, they're number 22 in the country, but you take a look at what they've been able to do in a road and neutral court environment, and it has been really impressive. Here are the only teams that are giving up more or fewer points on a per-possession basis than Boise State in road and neutral court environments. Grand Canyon, Vermont, Loyal, Chicago, Texas Tech, Gonzaga, TCU, and Navy. So they have been able to do a relatively solid job being able to hold up at the point of attack. And what I think is interesting about Boise State is that they just don't shoot it well at the free throw line. That is the main issue that you've got with this team. They shoot right around 64 and a half, 65% of the free throw line. Actually shot it quite well on Friday as they were able to get the job done against Wyoming for a winning cover in that game. But that said, you got Tyson DJNR who's been able to do a relatively solid job for this team along with Emmanuel Acott. They both give you right around 10 and a half points per contest. They're really, they're good three-point shooters. And then you just take a look at Abu Kiab, guy that does a little bit of everything for this team. He's been a little bit of a Swiss Army knife guy for them, double-figure scorer, guy that does a solid job of being able to get the free throw line himself. And then you take a look at Malayden and Armis. He has been able to do a good job with right around eight boards per contest, but I think that he's going to be taking the task in this one. Got a San Diego State punch at. Last time they wound up playing, that was on the road against Boise State. They wound up losing but covering because the spread was two. They wound up going down by kind of 58 to 57. So that's always very intriguing. But take a look at the San Diego State team. The big key is finding the guys outside of Matt Bradley to be able to score. And what we wound up seeing in the game against Colorado State. Matt Bradley had a single digit amount of points. And the other guys were able to step up. I'm talking about someone like a Lamont Butler, a guy that's able to give you eight points, chips in their two steals per contest. Nathan Menza did wind up following up, but last time these two teams wound up playing, he had a double-double. He wound up being able to do a solid job tonight. He's able to give you seven and a half rebounds per game. The guy that I think could really be able to unearth a little bit of something, that would be someone out there in Keyshot Johnson, a guy that has been able to average overall for the year, right around seven and a half points, four and a half boards, six foot seven, little bit of a shifty guy that has been able to do a solid job of really being able to hit the glass for the San Diego State team, very good on-ball defender. I think that you're going to have a game in which things are going to be just very much pounded into oblivion. I do think that you're going to have a very slow, very controlled game. So this is a spot in which I wound up setting my total at a 115. I want to making San Diego State a three-point favorite. Like I said, probably going to be seeing openers a little bit earlier in the AM if you're out there on the East Coast with regards to this. Now that we've got everything final from Friday, we're able to go through these games pretty much in Las Vegas tradition order. I wound up going through the first three games on the rotation, the two Ivy League games, and then St. Louis and Davidson a little bit earlier on in the show. So if you want to missing those, vston.com slash podcast. We've got you guys covered there. The VEASAN Bets podcast uploads every hour of every single show that we wind up doing. And then you've obviously got my podcast, the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast, which unfortunately... I had to speculate a little bit on a few of these late games because, well, I was doing this show. But with that said, we've got you covered with a little bit of everything. How about if we go 607, 608 on the betting board? This is going to be Dayton versus Richmond. The itsy bitsy spiders wind up being able to survive and advance in this game. And I feel like they should be the favorite. I want to say them a one and a half point favorite. Right now, you are finding them as an underdog in this spot of anywhere between two and a half and three points. Draw this game is anywhere between 132 and 132 and a half. And 
when it comes to Dayton, it's a very intriguing team in which they've been able to do a solid job on defense with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. This is a Dayton team that they rank in the top 30 with that regard. And they're going up against a Richmond team that defense is not necessarily their forte, but they do a very efficient job on offense and they're able to generate steals. So that's a very good duel right there. You've got Jacob Gilliard, who is the all-time leader at the Division One level with regards to his with regards to just total steals, he's been able to average three per contest and really is the lone reason why Richmond was able to get the job done against VCU earlier on Friday. Meanwhile, you've got a Dayton team, which the hole is really greater than some of its parts. Malachi Smith is able to give you four boards, four assists. He's able to chip in there nine and a half points per contest. They deem that they shoot right around 35 and a half percent from three point range. So they're rock solid with that aspect. Meanwhile, you've got a Richmond team that they really travel with their offense. Home to road, you really don't experience much of a fall with regards to their points scored on a per-possession basis. So that is relatively solid. They're right around 80th in all of college basketball with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis. But if you take a look at it from a road and neutral court perspective, they're actually more in the top 50. So that is something that you're able to hang your hat on with regards to the Spiders team. And a bigger reason why is because they do wind up looking inside for a lot of these points. You wind up having Grant Golden along with Tyler Burton, who've been able to combine for about 31 points per contest. Burton is a guy that shoots a, more from the outside for this team. Shoots right around 37, 38% for three. Golden is a six foot 10 gentleman that's able to give you three assists per game. So you got good versatility there for Dayton. You've got Tumani Kamara coupled with Dayron Holmes. These two guys combine for 12 boards. They both give you between 10 and 11 points per game. Holmes has been one of the better shot blockers in all of college basketball to right around 2.3 blocks per contest. So that has been good for the interior defense of Dayton. And you take a look at the last time these two teams wound up playing. It was a two-point game. Richmond wound up losing base because of a pretty much walk-off dunk by R.J. Blakeney in the closing seconds of that game. So it was very much nip and tuck. I do take a look at this Richmond team and got a lot of experience on this roster. Now, you've got a pair of guys for Dayton that have been able to step up and enter the building with their three-point shooting. Colby Elvis along with Colby Brea. Brea has been relatively solid for this team. Elvis, he's shooting right around 41, 42% from three. Transferred in from DePaul. Has been a good cog for this team. Both guys give you right around nine points per contest. Richmond doesn't necessarily have as much depth, but I do like the way that Nate Kale has been able to really start to refine himself. Nick Sherrod has been not necessarily what he was a few years ago before he wound up suffering his torn ACL, but I do think that Richmond, with having Jacob Gilliard be so efficient, turns ball over right around like one and a half, two times for contest. Richmond is a team that is one of about like 17, 18 and all of college basketball, fewer than 10 turnovers for contest. Dayton is a team that they turn the ball over more around 12 and a half to 13 times per game. That That is going to win out in this spot. I like the efficiency that you wind up having with Richmond. Set them as a one and a half point favorites. I look at them on the money line. Got a Richmond team that is outside the top 225. With regards to possessions per game, this is a Dayton team that they're in the bottom 40. With regards to total possessions per game as well, so they do a very good job of being able to slow things down. I think that you're going to get a little bit of a grimier game, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. And with Richmond, I like them as a money line underdog. How about if we go up here to the SEC? Like I said, we're just going in Las Vegas rotation order at this point. 609, 610 on the bang board. Arkansas and Texas A&M are going to be doing battle. You've got Arkansas who finds itself in a lot of places, a six-point favor. You're seeing a couple straight six halves out there as well. Your Charles game is very between 137 half and 139. And when it comes to this Arkansas team, I do think that they're going to be able to house Texas A&M. I want up setting them as an eight-point favor. I really like what I'm seeing from this Arkansas team, a team that's now been able to win, I believe it's 14 out of their last 16 games. And you've got a Texas A&M team that they haven't been able to get hot, but 
got my question marks with them. This collective, they shoot 33% from three. The good with Texas A&M is the fact that this is a team that they're doing an absolutely tremendous job of being able to force turnovers. They get right around 10 steals per contest. Henry Coleman, the third, wound up having a big game against Auburn for them to be able to get the job done yesterday. And you do take a look at what you're able to get just with regards to his rebounding and long time. Radford, a couple a combined 12 rebounds per contest. But with Texas A&M, they're a team that they do turn the ball over right around 13 times per contest. Arkansas is a team that they do a good job of being able to generate right around eight steals per game. It's an Arkansas team that they certainly are looking to push the tempo in their games as well. In terms of total possessions per game, this is an Arkansas team that they rank in the top 40 in all of college basketball, and they're a team that they actually have been playing a little bit quicker on the road recently as well. So I do think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at, and you've got J.D. Note, who has scored in double figures in every one of the team's games thus far this year. We're going to tie a little bit of a bow on this game on the other side, and then take a look for at the other game out there in the SEC for Saturday, Tennessee and Kentucky. So that is going to be coming up next right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network, looking at everything we've got on this college basketball Saturday. on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Get everything that you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, and our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategies for only $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every single game and every single round of the tournament. Get analysis from our experts, Greg Oops Peterson, I wonder who that is, Matt Humans, John Von Tobel, Tim Murray. We've all got the insights on every single key team, conference, and player to watch from the favorites to the potential Cinderella's. Sign up today for the betting guide plus full access to VEASAN through April 5th, and you get this for just $19 at VEASAN.com slash madness. As it is the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Oh, that's who that guy is. We've got you covered with a little bit of everything college basketball. We wound up leaving off talking about this game out there in the SEC between Texas A&M and Arkansas. Right now you're finding, like I said, Arkansas right around a six to a six and a half point favorite. I feel like the line should be a little bit closer to eight. I recognize that Texas A&M been on a relatively solid run, but take a look at this Texas A&M team. I just think that they leave a lot to be desired, especially offensively. This is a team that, with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, they rank right around 146. So I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue. You've got an Arkansas team that they themselves don't necessarily do a great job of being able to shoot it from three-point range, but they do a good job of being able to get the ball in the interior, and I think that that's going to be very big. Jalen Williams, they will give you right around 10.5 points, 9.5 boards, gives you 2.5 assists per game. You've been able to get a lot of production out of the backcourt for the team as well, being able to generate steals like J.D. Note does a good job of being able to turn defense into offense. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With his 2.2 steals per contest, so I do think that you got yourself a pretty rock-solid Arkansas team that is just really tearing it up right now. They've been able to win 14 out of their last 16 games, so they come in out there. You've got a team in Texas A&M that Certainly, they've been able to do a solid job recently, but I do take a look at the fact that you do have a Texas A&M team that they do wind up getting a little bit loose with the ball, though they do a good job of being able to dish out some assists themselves. And the free throw shooting, I think, is something that needs to be brought up as well. This is our Arkansas team that they've been able to do a relatively solid job late in games. They shoot right around 75% of the free throw line, and they actually shoot a little bit better on the road than they do at home. Texas A&M. Among your 358 D1 teams, they're clocking in at 266 as they wind up shooting right around 69.5% at the free throw line. So I do think that that could be something that winds up nipping them in the butt. I did wind up saying this total at a 136 because you do have a pair of teams that they've been relatively solid on defense. Arkansas, certainly a little bit more so. So I take a look at this total and I like it under and with Arkansas, I'm going to lay up to eight with them. How about if we go with the other SEC game? 6-11, 6-12 on the bang board. Tennessee and Kentucky going to be doing battle. Wildcats find themselves as a favorite here of anywhere between two and three points. We're actually seeing a little bit of movement as I am doing this. Your total on this game is anywhere between 139 and 139 and a half. And when it comes to Kentucky, I do mind saying them as a four-point favorite in this spot. I'm going to be willing to lay it because when it comes to this Kentucky team, I do think that you're going to be able to have them dominate down those with Oscar Sheboy. Oscar Sheboy. Right around 15 rebounds, 18 points, a block and a half, and a steal and a half for contest. Guy's going to be able to take over. Now, the first two times that these two teams wound up playing, you did wind up seeing a couple of airbrain results as you wind up seeing in the first contest, Kentucky be able to get north of 100 points. I certainly don't think that we're going to be seeing anything quite like that. Meanwhile, for Tennessee, they were able to get the job done in game number two, but it's a Tennessee team that I always take a look at them and they just don't necessarily impress me. The metrics absolutely love them. Whenever I turn them on, I watch them. Eh. The three-point shooting leaves a little bit of something to be desired. You've got one guy that is currently active for the team that's averaging more than five rebounds per game. That'd be Josiah Jordan James, who is a good Swiss-Ervy knife guy. Nine and a half points, five and a half boards, stealing half per contest. He gives you a block. I mean, he does a relatively solid job there. And it's a Tennessee team that the collective, they shoot right around 35 and a half percent from three-point range, but I think the big thing with the Tennessee team is that they just don't necessarily have their offense travel. When this team is in Knoxville, I would say that they are one of the best teams at all of college basketball. You take a look at this team whenever they are on the road, and they just leave a little bit of something to be desired. With regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, overall they're 91st, but you just want to be taking a look at their fall off home to road. They score 11.5 points fewer 
per 100 possessions when they are on the road rather than at home. Tennessee is a top 10 team with regards to points a lot on a per possession basis. Despite the fact that John Fulkerson has an SU been great on the glass, they've been able to do a tremendous job there. Big reason why they do generate right around eight seals per contest. But take a look at this Kentucky team, and when they wound up losing to them in Knoxville, you could tell that Ty Ty Washington was out himself. He only wound up playing 14 minutes in that game. Him being back to 100%, I think, is very big alongside your Wheeler. Wheeler's in the top five with regards to assists per game, being able to give you right around seven per contest. And we always rave about Kentucky, and now they're able to have Oscar Sheboy do a great job on the glass. This is a Kentucky team that they have been rock solid on offense this season. Seventh in the country in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. Now, you do want to know, they score right around 18 points fewer per 100 possessions when they are on the road or in a neutral court rather than at home as well. So I think that that's something that certainly needs to be taken into account with regards to their handicap. But with that said, this is also a Kentucky team that they've got Kellen Grady shooting over 40% from three-point range. His game has really been able to travel this season, and I think that a lot of this can be attributed to the fact that you do have the SEC who's had some of the most demonstrative home court advantages in all of college basketball. I mean, just look at the two teams that are squaring off right here. Knoxville along with Rupp Arena. Both of these are absolutely massive. You wind up going to Bud Walton Arena. You wind up going out to Auburn. list goes on and on. All these top teams have been just rock solid whenever they have been at home on the road. It's been a little bit more shaky. I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to play some rock solid defense. You've got a Tennessee team that's generating swipes, a Kentucky team that doesn't allow you to get second chances. So it's a good old case of something's got to give. But when it comes to the spot, did I send Kentucky as a four point favorite in this game? So I'm going to be willing to lay it. Also, I did wind up saying my total at a 134. I think that you're going to have a very defense-oriented game, especially with neither of these teams necessarily playing overly up-tempo. So I like Kentucky in the spot laying the points, and I like this total under. How about if we wind up going out to the Big Ten tournament out there in the great state of Indiana? And you know who else is out there? That would be the Hoosiers, as they are going to be taking on Iowa. Iowa is finding themselves a favorite. They open up in a lot of spots right around a 5.5. You're now seeing pretty much sixes across the board in your total on this game. In between 143 and a half and 144, we've been seeing quite a bit of movement with regards to this game. So I do think that's going to be intriguing because here at Circa, you actually wind up seeing them open up Iowa as a five-point favorite. And I would not doubt it if you wind up continuing to see Iowa continue to go up and up and up. You wind up seeing a couple six-halves pop. If you do wind up getting a six-half, I would certainly be taking it with Indiana. This is pretty much a spot in which six or less, I'd be willing to lay with Iowa. Six-half or more. It's going to become a take on Indiana. It's a line in which I personally wound up setting at a six. So right now I'm going to be gauging some of this line movement overnight as to where I'm going to be settling on this game. I'm going to be trying to see if I can get a little bit of a better number and get off of what I want to handicapping this at. But with that said, when it comes to this Indiana team, what I do like for them is Trace Jackson Davis along with Ray Thompson giving you a combined 15 and a half rebounds per game. And then this is an Iowa team that, They've been able to shoot it much better from three-point range recently. You've got a guy that I really like in Jordan Bohannon, who's been able to shoot nearly 40% from three-point range on the road, gives you right around 10 points per contest. Very wily guy. And Tony Perkins wound up having 16 points in the game for Iowa yesterday. We always have a discussion. Is it easier to slow down a fast team, or is it easier to speed up a slow team? And to that, typically, it's a little bit easier to slow down a fast team, but you just have certain pacemaker teams that they always get the tempo in their games. And it feels like that's that way with Iowa. Aside from when they wind up playing against 
Penn State or Rutgers. They seem to be able to do so because the first time around when these two teams got into playing, Iowa got the job done. They were able to score 83 points in that contest. I believe it was 83 to 77. The game wound up going over, and I do think that Iowa is going to be able to do that once again in this spot. I think that it might be a little bit less harebrained, but you've got a guy in Keegan Murray who I think is going to be able to do a solid job down the line. I do think that Trace Jackson Davis, who averages 17 points, 8 boards, and 2.5 blocks per contest, is going to be able to do a relatively solid job here. But you take a look at Murray. He gives you right around 2 blocks, steal and a half per game, 23 points, 8 rebounds. He has been rock solid for this team. And then for Indiana, what has been beneficial for their offense has been Xavier Johnson. There are a lot of people that I always hear they don't necessarily trust in Xavier Johnson, but and the guy's been pretty solid. He gives you 11 points per game. He's been cutting down on the turnovers. He gives out five assists. So I think that his game is actually just fine. It's the rest of the Indiana backcourt that you wind up having your question marks with. Parker Stewart shoots sub 65% at the free throw line. Miller Cop has certainly been up and down this year. So I do take a look at this spot and it's pretty much six or less Iowa, six and a half or more. And we're starting to see some six and a half pop. I'd be taking a look at Indiana. I'll be gauging this a little bit more overnight, but I mean, with this total, I'm going to be certainly taking a look at the over. I wound up setting my total at a 148. So seeing a 144, I do think that you got some relatively solid value here. And I do think that these tempo battles are something that you want to be taking a look at moving forward because we're certainly going to be seeing quite a few of those in the NCAA tournament. And for those of you guys that wind up betting on the NIT as well, we're probably going to be seeing quite a few of those out there as well. And in the final set, and in the final hour of the Greg Peterson experience, what we are going to be seeing, just a whole lot of college basketball analysis. We're going to be leading off with the Michigan State versus Purdue game and just going down the board as everything that I've yet to handicap. That's right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.